<laughs> All right. Thank you, Mike. Hey, it is, uh, it is good to be here again. This is my third time. Uh, so that means Pastor Mark must like me to keep inviting me back. I talked to a number of you today, and you said, well, we knew that Pastor Mark was going to be gone, but he didn't tell you who was going to, uh, to fill in. That's probably because you wouldn't have come, but I'm glad that you are here today. Uh, I used to teach uh, Coach Little League Baseball. Matter of fact, it was because of my son for the most part. And I used to coach him from the time that he was six years old all the way up to the time he was 16. And so uh, as he got older, I would uh, go up to the next rung, and then we ended up actually playing in pal uh, baseball, and we ended up playing travel league. And, you know, there were a number of, of the young men that stayed with me from the time that they may have been about seven years old, eight years old, all the way up to uh, 15 and, and 16. And, and what's interesting as a, as a coach with these kids, you, you, you slowly see some changes in maturity in their life. But if you don't, aren't paying attention, uh, you will miss the fact that they have went from being little, little snot-nosed kids into uh, pretty much uh, upstanding young men. Uh, I think sometimes when we look at Scripture, uh, we look at the disciples the same way. We forget the fact that they uh, have matured because they have been with Jesus for three years. And so we look at the Gospels, and we, we look at uh, maybe Peter, James, and John. We look at where they are, and we forget the fact that there has been some growth and maturity over the years. Uh, you are in the, the midst of doing a series on a Holy Week, and we have to remember that the disciples have now spent about three years or more with Jesus. Uh, there has been some maturity that actually has taken place. And so uh, as we move towards the Lord's Supper or communion, I want us to kind of travel with these guys just a, uh, a little bit. Now, I think last week you looked at triumphal entry when Jesus came into uh, Jerusalem and Pastor Mark covered, covered that. But of course, this is the Holy Week. So there are things that are transpiring through the week. And so in Mark chapter 14, starting at verse 12, we see this. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, uh, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, uh, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparation for you to eat the Passover? Now, I want you to keep this in, in mind here because it's easy to miss this. Uh, probably two or three years earlier, uh, they would have been extremely worried. Here we are, we're showing up in Jerusalem during the Holy Week, and they would have been worried about where are they going to eat, where are they going to sleep, where are things going to be taken care of. But here, as we look at this verse, we see something I think which is unique. Uh, they asked Jesus, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover. Uh, they have moved from being these individuals who were following Jesus from a distance and worried and concerned to individuals that understand that this is about Jesus. That we are in Jerusalem, and though we don't fully understand exactly what's going to happen and what's exactly going to transpire, we know that this is about you, Jesus, and they have become to learn how to trust in him. 
One of the things that we move towards the Lord's Supper, I think something that we forget sometimes, is that we are moving in, into the Lord's Supper because there is a, a trust that is happening. We, we do believe that he died for our sin and he rose from the grave. And so we come to the Lord's Supper with this spirit of trusting in him. I don't know how many of you have seen that Hilton commercial. It's kind of old right now, but uh, there's a series of short snippets. But one of the snippets is that the dad is trying to encourage the little girl to jump into the pool and just trust that what he's telling her is okay. Well, I've had that same experience. Our youngest daughter, uh, when she was maybe about four or five years old, used to love water, love swimming. Oh man, she just, she just, she, she never saw a, 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 a pool of water that she did not want to get into. The problem was that she couldn't swim. And so what would happen is she would want to get into the water where, of course, her feet could touch the bottom. But we were one day at the Saginaw, Saginaw Valley University for a retreat. And so they had a bunch of these vests where you can float and so we put a, a vest over her, around her, and so she really wanted to get into the water. So she was maybe, what, three and a half feet? And so we were in five feet. It was five feet water, five foot of water. And so I held her out. She had her vest on. Now, I got to remember that. She had a vest on, so don't, don't report me to anybody. Uh, you know, and so I, I, I held her over, and I said, I'm going to drop you. I'm going to drop you. She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I dropped her, and of course, she went down below the water because the water was over her head. And also, if you know anything about gravity and physics, it's going to take you down below the water. Well, when I looked at her face while she was in the water, man, there was panic on her face below the water. And instantly I knew, man, when she breaks that water, when she comes back up and breaks that water, dad better be smiling and hands, arms out and welcoming her, realizing you've done a great thing. And she did. She came out and had the ugly face. Y'all know the ugly face. She had the ugly face. And when she opened up her eyes, dad was smiling. And then she broke out with the biggest smile and realized, oh, man, I'm staying on top of water. And from that moment on, whenever we go to a pool, she would trust me because she had experience. These disciples have walked with Jesus for three and a half years. And now when they're coming to Jerusalem, they're not worried about, hey, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? No, they just want to know, Lord, what do you want? How do we prepare the Passover for you. So as we come to the Lord's Supper, let's remind ourselves that it is about trusting Christ. We are coming here not just to have bread and to have the drink, but also this is an act of trusting in him. Well, what else do we see as these guys have matured a little bit? Well, verse 13 it says, so he sent two of his disciples, and from the Gospel of Luke, we know that this is Peter and John. So he had sent two of his disciples, telling them, go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you, follow him. Now, we got to keep this in perspective. 
because it is the Passover. And everybody and their mama is coming to Jerusalem. It is packed. And everywhere you go, there are people. And Jesus says, I want you to go into Jerusalem, and there is going to be a guy with a jar of water. And, and that is a little unusual because mainly guys would carry like a leather pouch of water. They wouldn't have a jar of water, and they wouldn't be carrying it on their head or anything like that. But still, even in that, they've got to find this individual out of all these people in Jerusalem. Matter of fact, I was thinking about it over Thanksgiving. Uh, some of you might have participated, but they have the, uh, what do you call it, the, the turkey trot downtown or the, the stuffing stroll. I forget what it is. But anyway, I, I participated in the, in, the, in the 5K down there. You got to get down there early before the, before the parade. And they announced that it was 20,000 people down there to participate in these races. I mean, there was, it was a lot of people. It was hard to find a place to, to park, and they rip you off when you find a parking space. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. I don't want to get into that right now. But anyway, it's, you know, it, 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 it's, it's crazy. And, and then not only that, then you had all the parade people that were down there. And that's always funny when you when you run in these races. I don't know if any of y'all ever run these races because we, we ran uh, the route of the parade. You know, we, we ran some other places too, but we ran the route of, of the parade. And so you got all the parade people on the side of the road watching you, eating popcorn and uh, potato chips and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, you need to have yourself out here. But anyway, you know, and so, and so you got about maybe a 10 or, or, or 20 other thousand people on the side of the road. And then there's the football game. And the football game, there's like 65,000 people coming down there for the football game. Now that would be like, I'm just going to tell you right now, that would be like me telling you, hey, I got some tickets to, for you for the football game. Now when you go downtown, there's a guy with a red hat. Now you, you, you need to find him and, you know, and follow him. I mean, how many people going to be down where we're riding? I, I don't know, but I'm sure out of all these people, how do I find the guy with the red hat? Jesus is telling Peter and John, go into Jerusalem. You don't know the guy, but look for this guy and he will meet you. What's interesting about this passage is, I, I love this passage, is that Jesus says that the guy will meet them. They don't know who the guy is. They're going to try to look for him. But the guy knows who Peter and John are. And the Real thing with regard to the meeting is not on Peter and John. It is on the individual who will meet them. Jesus has already prepared somebody to meet his guys. All his guys have to do, once again, is trust Jesus and go into Jerusalem. 
you know, one of the beautiful things about the Lord, right, is the Lord never asks us to do anything that he hasn't already prepared a way. He doesn't ask us to understand everything. He didn't say, well, you know, uh, Pastor Moore, you know you said a red hat, but is he going to be five foot six or six foot five? Or, you know, is he going to be, you know, at the uh, entrance or he's going to be at, at one of the doors or what door he's going to be at? You know what I mean? They didn't ask any of this. They just knew by now because they had been walking with Jesus. If Jesus says, go into Jerusalem and look for this guy, they're going to trust Jesus and go. Because Jesus has already prepared somebody to meet them. When we come to the Lord's Supper, it is a reminder that everything we need, Jesus has already thought about and prepared. You know, who is the individual that God sent into your life? to help you have a closer walk with him. You didn't just wake up one day and just say, you know what? Mm, I think I'm going to trust Jesus. Nobody ever told me about Jesus, but I think there's a Jesus. And so therefore, since I think there's a Jesus, I'm going to put my faith and trust in him. Somebody shared the good news of Jesus Christ with you. And it's probably not just somebody. It's probably somebody's. Over the course of time, God has prepared people to enter into your life and to have an impact in your life. As a matter of fact, one of the things you can do, the Lord's Supper can remind you, is to think about who to thank. An email, a text, hey, you know <laughs> what? I, we were having the Lord's Supper today, and I was just thinking, I wouldn't even know the Lord if it wasn't for you. I just want to let you know how special you are in my life. Then to blow people's minds. Do you know how often people share their faith and serve to try and encourage people in the Lord and they never get a thank you over time? I got an email this past week from one of my students. I got to tell you. He was not a spectacular student at all. And matter of fact, I had to actually go into my notes to try and figure out when did this guy have a class with me? His name didn't even, it didn't even seem familiar. And then I remember, oh, that was that guy. And he thanked me for what I taught him in class because he felt like it had grown him closer to the Lord. Now, this is a guy I never would have thought my teaching would have had an impact. Now, Pastor Mark, that's a different story. He's a good student. But this guy right here, I just didn't think. But just a thank you. The Lord's Supper is to remind us that God has sent somebody into our life that we now have this relationship with Jesus. Well, verse 14, it says, Say to the owner of the house, he enters. The teacher asks, 
Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. Once again, here it is. It's it's Passover week. I don't know who the planning person is in your house. Usually there's one that just runs things by the seat of their pants. And they drive the planning person crazy, right? Because the planning person knows you need to make, we need to make reservations three months in advance. But this is the week up. The party has already started. And Jesus is saying, you go into Jerusalem, and now when you run into this guy, you follow him, and you go ahead and ask the owner of the house where the room is so that we can prepare the, the meal. Now, preparing the meal is one thing. You got to kill, you got to choose the lamb, you got to kill the lamb, you got to prepare the lamb, you have to get the bread, you have to get the herbs, you got to get all this type of stuff, and surely you could find this stuff. But the one thing you can't find is a room. Jesus has prepared the most important thing in the whole Passover feast, and that is a place for them to prepare and have the meal. See, Jesus invites us to participate with him, but he provides the most important thing of the meal. Our son is 24, he'd be 24 years old this, this year, and a couple years ago, we decided we gonna, got a bucket list. And so what we want to do is we want to go to every NFL stadium and see a game once a season. And so in 2021, we went to Washington, D.C., and we watched the Seattle Seahawks play the Washington football team. And I said, hey, I'll cover the hotel. I'll cover travel when we get there. I'll cover the food. And I'll cover my ticket, my plane ticket. But you got to cover your own plane ticket. Any of y'all got kids? All of a sudden, it wasn't fair. What do you mean it wasn't fair? I'm paying for everything. You should be happy (laughs) that you get all these other things. And, of course, he he embraced it. And, of course, he appreciated it even more. Why? Because he participated. I wasn't asking him to do the major stuff. But I'm saying, hey, you need to be part of this. Jesus invites us to be part of what he is doing. 
We can't do it without him, but he invites us to participate and be a part of what he's doing. And he invites us to do the same thing in life. You ever wonder why we give to missions? I mean, God can reach people all around the globe. He doesn't need us, but he asks us, he invites us to participate with him. And when we come to the Lord's Supper, guess what? He has provided the most important thing, and that is he himself. That he is in the midst of the supper that we participate in. So, he not only invites us in, but I want to turn to John 13 right quick because he invites us in, but he also does something else, which is really, really cool when we think about the Lord's Supper. John 13 And John gives us another vantage point of the Lord's Supper. John 13, verse 1, it says this. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. One of the reasons that we have the Lord's Supper is Jesus is expressing his love for us. He invites us into a meal. If you study the Gospels, all you can do is just study the Gospels. And Jesus even says to the, to the Pharisees, the religious, uh, religious leaders, say, well, John the Baptist, when he came, he didn't eat, he didn't drink. And you said he had a, had a, had a demon. But with regard to me, I'm eating and I'm drinking, and you're saying I'm a gluttonous man that hangs out with sinners. The one thing about Jesus is Jesus loves a good meal. And he loves to invite people into those meals with him. When we participate in the Lord's Supper, it is Jesus inviting us into a meal and fellowship with him. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, these are like meals, right, that we have family meals, we invite our family. So yesterday, the same little girl that I hung over the (laughs) pool We celebrated, it wasn't her birthday yesterday, but we celebrated her 21st birthday. And so we were at a restaurant, my wife and I, and her grandparents, and we just enjoyed it. And she decided that instead of going back to the dorm, she's going to spend the night last night. Man, I'm, 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 I'm overjoyed. But when we get home today, my wife is here, when we get home today, I think she's going to be gone. She's going to be back to the door. And and I don't know about you, but that's our baby girl. (laughs) And even though I want her to grow up and be on her own, I enjoy 
her fellowship. I don't want her to be gone when we get home, but she'll probably be gone. I wonder if God feels the same way about us. You know, I have a Lord's Supper because I want to spend some time with you because I love you. It is a time to stop. It's a time to pause. It's a time to reflect. It's a time for us to connect. But when you finish, don't just run out of my presence. I I invite you because I want to go with you. I want to spend time with you. I want you to spend time with me because Jesus loves us. John 13, verse 3, it says, Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water in a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Not only does Jesus love his disciples, but Jesus serves his disciples. Now, this is a nice story here, what Jesus did. And we all understand what he's taking on the form of a servant and all that. And we know that Peter didn't want him to wash his feet. No, 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 the whole thing. And we, we know the story. But let's think about this a little bit. The God of all creation, the God who spoke worlds into existence. The God who all the angels around the throne say, holy, 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 washed his disciples' feet. Jesus invites us in. Jesus loves us. Jesus wants to serve us because of that relationship. When we come to the Lord's Supper, once again, it is not just some ritual that we do. This was Jesus telling his disciples and us who would follow him how much we mean to him. Back to Mark 14. And Mike is going to spend some time on this when we partake of the Lord's Supper. But Mark 14, verse 22, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the giving of himself on the cross. His body represents all of him. He's given, he's given all of himself for the sake of his disciples. 
in verse 23, it says, Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he, he gave it to them, and they, uh, they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Jesus, the ultimate Passover lamb, gave all that he had for his disciples and for us. And he shed his blood on Calvary's cross for a new covenant that everyone who puts their faith and trust in the person and the work of Jesus Christ enters into an eternal covenant with him. So when we come to the Lord's Supper, it's not just something on the calendar that we do. It is significant. Jesus invites us into a relationship with him, into service with him. It communicates his love for us. And his desire to serve us as we serve him. Mike is going to come and he's going to lead us in the Lord's Supper. And all I ask is that as you come to the Lord's Supper today and even in the future, that you will remember some of what the original Lord's Supper was all about. A group of individuals that had grown to trust in Jesus and serve him, being invited into an ongoing relationship and meal with him. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the original supper that was based upon the feast which happened in Jerusalem. But we thank you that you have given us the opportunity to repeat that over and over and over because we as your disciples are still loved by you. We're invited into service with you and into an ongoing, wonderful relationship with you. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.